0: Hi, I'm Daniel Attenbo, I'm the pastor of Kings, and it's such a joy and a delight to be in your space today. This is the day that the Lord has made we choose to rejoice and we are glad in it it does not matter what's happening around you in the world in your state in your city maybe your state looks like it's in a state of emergency right now but guess what the bible says that god is in the midst of her she shall not be greatly moved regardless of the noise around you there is a voice within you and my voice is lending credence to so the fact that what i'm saying is true that the voice of god on the inside of you is saying bastille and know that i am god david said the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear the lord is the strength of my life of whom shall i be afraid and that is our story and our testimony today yes there is crisis in the world but there is christ on the inside of us and we have the power the life the energy that we need to carry on victoriously and that's why i'm excited that today you're joining us as we join faith In worship, in teaching, in exhortation, God has something remarkable for you. We're going to spend time uh, in the Word and we're going to continue the series, Power, our Power series. Last week we looked at the power of His presence. Today, we're looking at the power of the blood. It's going to be transformational. For now, we're just going to spend some time worshiping God. Can I ask you to do something? tune out those distractions right now. Every time God is about to do something massive in your life, the enemy will come with his counter plan and counter suggestion. You might begin to feel weak in your body or in your space. There might be somebody crying down the road or, or a child looking for your attention, but sort out those distractions right now and take this as the king's business this is god's conference call with you actually it's actually more than a conference call it's an intimate exchange where He's pouring his heart to you and that requires your full attention are you ready right now? Are you ready right now? Let's raise our hands and glorify Him. Open your mouth and thank Him. Adore Him. Magnify Him. He's worthy. He is glorious. He is majestic. Let's do this together as we'll spend the next few minutes in worship. And when we're back, we'll take this online experience even further. Let's worship together right now. Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you adoration. You are higher than the highest mountains. You are stronger than the deepest issues. You are magnificent. You are incomparable. You are enduring. You are powerful. Yes, you are so loving. But thank you Lord, for making us beneficiaries of your love, beneficiaries of your mercy, beneficiaries of your grace, of your goodness. We adore you, King of glory. We rejoice over you. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for protecting us. Thank you for preserving us. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for leading us, for guiding us, for shielding us, for strengthening us, for supporting us, for securing us, and for lavishing your love on us, pouring streams of assurance over us. We adore you, King of glory. We honor you, everlasting Father. Thank you. Our worship is accepted in you, for we have prayed. And praised and worshipped in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can your amen be stronger than that? Uh, Can you make it louder? Can you make it better? Can you make it stronger? Shout the Lord amen. Type that amen in the comment box right now. Type that amen in the comment box right now. Amen, 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 amen. Did you do that? Do it real quick. Oh, what an awesome opportunity to connect with believers across the world and to be in your own personal space. We're going to, going further today. And one of the things that we love to do at the Garden of Kings is that we love to engage the Word of God. So we, we speak back the Word of God. We confess the Word of God. But beyond just speaking and shouting and saying, yes, sir, right? One of the things that we also do is that we leave out the Word of God. It is important for us not to be hearers of the Word only, but also to be doers. So that as we leave out the Word of God, We are, in fact, able to draw strength, to build character, to manifest the virtues of Christ. And today, we have a few testimonies from people who have engaged the word of God and how that word has translated into transformation in their own lives. One of the things I really love about Kings is that beyond the testimonies about uh, money, cars, business, houses, and material things, we testify about growth, about spiritual maturity, about the lives that God is touching through us. So for the next few minutes, you're going to watch and listen to the testimonies of people who have engaged the word of God through the teachings on here and through the prayer sessions. So please listen, peer your attention and make up in your mind that next week your testimony will
1: be one of those that we're going to hear. Watch this right now. Hello everyone trust you are doing very well and we're staying safe. My name is Olani Ihana and I'm a member of KINGS, passed by Pastor Dami Lola um, I want to review some of the things I learned last week Sunday during our online service, 12th of April 2020. So Pastor Dami talked about the power of his presence and He gave us four dimensions. God in us, God for us, God with us, and God around or encircles us. And so for me, God around or encircles me was what really stood out for me because I feel like I am wrapped up by God, like a baby that is wrapped up in a shirt. I am protected by God. So nothing comes near me. No pandemic, the robbery attacks, nothing comes near me because I am secured and protected by God. Yeah? And also, he said that we should crave the presence of God more than we crave anything, Even as much as you crave breathing. That's how much we should crave the presence of God because the presence of God gives us everything and anything that we need, and that's really profound for me. Thank you, P. Dams. Love you. Oh.
2: <laughs> hi everyone it's so good so so good to be able to connect with all the members of the household of kings once again even though i can't see you physically um i just want to do a quick review of um, the powerful message that Pastor Dami preached last week titled uh, the power of his presence now one of the things that really hit home for me when Pastor Dami said it was when he talked about how you know when there's a, an important dignitary in a place and all the security is heightened and all of that and it just hit home that god is around me and if god is the most powerful being on the earth it means that every time wherever i go there is always security around me that was huge That was huge even till now every time i think about it it blows my mind so yes um it was powerful it was so 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 um enlightening and um empowering if you've not listened to it go listen to that message you need to hear that message the power of his presence it's good to see you guys again love you all bye
0: Wow, 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 wow. What a, an amazing experience it is to be. hear such powerful feedback. And I'm trusting God that we're going to hear so many more in the weeks to come as we continually incorporate more of the elements of our offline gatherings into our online experience. Now, are you ready for the word? Are you ready to be inspired, to be instructed? Are you ready to be fired up with an intense Pearson powerful potent anointing of the presence of God are you ready for that you know how it do it Get your notepads, get your digital devices, get your writing material. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot we're going to dive into today. We'll look at a plethora of scriptures, but also apply them practically. So don't get distracted. I'm going to give you about 15 to 20 seconds right now to put all, all those elements together. And when we're back, we're going to dive into the Word of God, which will change your life and transform your experience here on earth. And consequently... The difference you will make the lives of people for all eternity. I'll be back with a teaching on the word titled The Power
1: of the Blood of Jesus. I'll talk to you soon. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. If
0: you're ready for the word, type in the comment box. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Yes, yes, I'm waiting for more people. Fast fingers, slow fingers, every finger. Type in the comment box. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm still waiting for you. Yes, you? (laughs) Type it right now. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Type it right now. I'm ready for the word. It's important for us to have an attitude of expectation. Expectation precedes manifestation. The more we we'll look out for that which God is saying, the deeper it seeps into our minds and into our hearts. And today we're looking at the power of the blood. The power of the blood is a continuation of our power series. Last week, we looked at the power of his presence. Today, we're looking at the power of the blood. So real quick, go to the book of Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, very quickly. Hebrews chapter 9, are you there yet? Are you there yet? Are you there yet? So we're going to pick it up from verse 11 and read all the way to verse 15. Hebrews chapter 9, 11, all the way to verse 15. And then I'm, I'm going to skip from there. And then I'll, I'll pick it from about uh, verse 19 or something like that. But just follow with me or follow me as I read. Hebrews chapter 9. Go there real quick and write it down from verse 11. The word says, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. So Christ then come for bad things. Christ came for the good things to come. The coming of Christ is the greatest blessing that mankind mankind has ever received. This is why it's called the good news. He comes as the announcer and as the implementer, executor, if you will, of the will of God, of the purpose of God. And God's will for us is good, it's perfect, it's righteous, it's just, it's holy. He said, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. But Christ came with a structure that... That goes beyond the material that man can manipulate and use. And i explain what this means because in the Old Testament, they had a system of worship. I'll explain that shortly. But it's saying that what Christ came with is superior to the systems and the structures and the processes of the Old Testament. It says that this tabernacle that he has come with is not made with human hands. It says not of this creation, verse 12, not with the blood of goats and calves. But with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all. What has he done? Having obtained eternal redemption. Verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, if if this is a little complex for you, don't worry, I'll explain it. It says that if the blood of these animals that were used to sprinkle the unclean, to sanctify them, to separate them, he says that if, if, they, if that was acceptable in that order. In verse 14, it says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works, to serve the living God? Verse 15, and for this reason, Jesus Christ is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. I know that that can be a little, you know, tough for people, especially if this is your first time being exposed to this kind of teaching. You might struggle a little bit, but hang with me. You might need to listen to this message over and over. I'll do my best to explain thoroughly as I usually do and I'll take my time to go a little slower in some parts of the teaching. Now, if you go all the way to verse 19, it says, For when Moses had spoken of a precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled but the book itself and all the people saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then likewise is sprinkled with blood, both the tabernacle and all the vessels of ministry. Verse 22. According to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Let's take a moment to just pray. Father, we need you this morning. We need you today. People are watching different parts of the world to so regards the time zone where they are in. Lord, we need you right now at this moment. And Father, we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We cannot grasp this truth with our natural minds. For the kind of mind understands not the things of the spirit. But we trust the tutorial ministry of the Holy Spirit, God. That this one as I speak, this word to be amplified in the hearts of people, there will be comprehension. I rebuke every form of confusion. I eliminate every form of distraction. I come against everything that wants to hijack this and make it complex that the simplicity of your wisdom will be declared and distilled in such a way that those truths will become part of the very fabric of our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. No one will be confused. No one will be left behind. But all of us will be based in the light of your spirit and the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Did I hear your amen? Alright, so we're talking about the power of the blood and let's look at something real quick. God is a God of love. The only thing that the Bible actually says the God is, says the God is love. He does not tell us that God is the anointing or God is power or God is uh, weight. He says the God is love. And so everything that we see God doing is an extension, an expression of his love. I mentioned the prayer in one of the prayer we have in the course of the week. I said the righteousness is not the righteousness of God if it only looks out for the righteousness of itself. In other words, if the righteousness uh, that has touted is all about me being right, then that righteousness is not the righteousness of God because God doesn't just want to be right. God wants to make us right. The righteousness of God seeks reconciliation. The Bible makes it very clear in the book of 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says that if any man be in Christ, the new creature, it says all things are passed away, all things have become new. Verse 18 says that God did not impute the sin of the world upon the world. He says that God, in fact, was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Verse 21 says that he was made sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteous righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So God wants to make us right. You might be in a place right now where your spirituality is under attack, where you feel you've fallen away from your walk with God, where you feel disconnected, misaligned, mistreated, cut off, uh, lumped away, pushed aside, but God is calling you right now. The fact that you can hear those words, the fact that you sense something in your spirit that your heart is beginning to beat, or you can feel a fire somewhere in your palms, it's a sign that this word is resonating with you, and God is saying, I want to make things right. Don't about the sin you committed, don't worry about the failure. Of course, come with a heart of repentance, but God is greater than your conscience, and God is greater than your sin, and wants to make all things right. And that's what we see through the Bible that the Bible has at its central theme the goodness and the glory of God which is manifested in different things, but primarily through the redemptive plan that he evolves through, the incarnation, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, including his ascension as well. God wants to make things right. And so we see that the Bible is a book where there is reconciliation, where there is repair, where there is redemption. And the Bible is divided into two major parts. Now follow me. Two major parts. Right. So we have what they call the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. You might know it as the Old Testament and the New Testament. They're essentially expressing the same thing. And both Testaments have some marked differences, but they are complementary. In other words, you can't say, I believe in the Old Testament, but I don't believe in the New Testament. And you can't say, I believe in the New Testament, but I don't believe in the Old Testament. It's the same story. It is the same plan. It is the same thing. Now, of course, in administration and in processes, there are marked differences. And I want to go through some of the differences between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Grab your writing material. Now, in the Old Testament, what we find, we find foundations. In the New Testament, we find more than foundation. We find greater revelation that becomes the building of what God is really establishing. The Old Testament shows us more of the established principles, and many of those principles are illustrative. The New Testament does not just show us principles, it actually reveals to us eternal truths including the truths that those principles in the Old Testament emanate from. We also see in the the Old Testament that there are prophecies, loads and loads of prayers in the Old Testament. In the New Testament we find tons and tons of the fulfillment of the prophecies in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament we see the provision of the history or of history of an earthly nation. But in the New Testament we see the destiny of a kingdom nation. In the Old Testament we see that the focus is on God's dealings with a people that he chooses from the earth and that's Israel. In the New Testament the focus shifts from the people that he picks from the earth and it goes to the people that he's chosen in Christ. In the Old Testament we see the fullness of the wrath of God against sin. In the New Testament we go beyond the wrath of God and we see the provision of God for the remission of sins. In the Old Testament, we see a declaration of the standards of God and a system of judgment and justice. In the New Testament, we see the system of God and his love and grace and mercy. In the Old Testament, there is the prediction of the Messiah, the coming Messiah. In the New Testament, there is the manifestation and revelation of the Messiah and his future coming. In the Old Testament, we see that it's based on a covenant that God made with abraham in the new testament we see that it's a revelation of the covenant that god made with himself In Christ Jesus, in the old testament, we find sacrifices of animals. In the new testament, we'll find the sacrifice of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In the Old Testament, we see inferior blood. In the New Testament, we see superior blood, the blood of Jesus. In the Old Testament, we see inferior sacrifices. In the new testament, we find a better sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice for Christ. Became the offering for our sins and the propitiation for our sins in the Old Testament. We we'll find God calling a people to Himself, and in the New Testament, God is still constant, calling that same people or calling people just as it is in the Old Testament to Himself. God is a God of reconciliation. God is a God of redemption. And this is a very important element. Once we don't understand covenants, once we don't understand the basis and the foundational principles of God's covenant, we will not understand the power of the Lord or what it's all about. Somebody goes, okay, so, so what, what is the Old and New Testament all about? It's the same story. The Old Testament has the New Testament concealed. The New Testament has the Old Testament revealed. In other words, what God planned to do, the plans of God are encoded in types, shadows, outlines, sketches in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, those codes are decoded. Those shadows become substance. The areas where it looked like there was deemed understanding, now we have clarity of understanding in Christ. So the way for me to really understand the Old Testament is for me to see it in the light of Christ. Christ is the perfect light of God. Christ is the perfect light of God. The other prophets were carrying dimensions of the light Christ is the fullness of the light and of the life of God. If you're excited about that, type something in the comment box. Say, I'm grateful for the new testament. I'm grateful for the new covenant. I'm grateful for the light of Christ. I'm grateful for the life of Christ. I'm grateful for the cheers of a new beginning, better blood, better sacrifices, better land. He's the fullness of God's plans, and we're grateful. Covenant. Covenant. It is important for us to realize that the first time we see the establishment of those covenants in Genesis chapter 15, where God literally makes a covenant with Abraham and the covenants see Abraham have promised you. In Genesis 12, God gave him promises. He said, you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. But we see God sealing that promise with a covenant and it's literally a blood covenant. We find that in the book of Genesis chapter 15 from 18 to 21 it says on the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying to your descendants I have given this land. Do you see how God says it? He said, I have given. He didn't even say, I will give, you know, but it says, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenazites, the Catmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Raphaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the gergeshites and the Jebusites. How do I know it was a blood covenant earlier on? The Bible makes it very clear that God instructed Abram, get a Haifa, get to- tuttle doves. And you're going to lay this on the altar. And through that experience, when Abraham splits the animals in two, apart from the birds, he splits the animals in two, the word says that when a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, that the lamp of God, a torch, passed through that as a sign that God was sealing that covenant. It's significant. Now, don't forget this. It's significant that those animals were cut in two. For a covenant to be established, what needs to happen? A covenant, a covenant or a covenant. Now you might be familiar with the expression of coven of witches. Now a covenant is a deep circle, a secret circle. So a covenant is an agreement that is made in the depth of a relationship, in the depth of a communion, of an exchange and requires at least two parties. Are we following this right now? This is extremely important for you to grasp. And so when we see covenant in the Bible, we're seeing two parties. God and Abraham. You understand that? God and Christ. The covenants of God. And so God made this blood covenant with Abraham. Now in medieval times and actually in certain parts of the world today, there are blood covenants. And blood covenants are typically used to seal an agreement. To seal a promise. In a covenant what you are saying, that we share all of our liabilities and all of our assets. What you're saying is, my liabilities become your liabilities. My assets become your assets. Uh, your assets are my assets, your liabilities are my uh, liabilities. We identify, we are co-joined. And so there are three major manifestations of blood covenants. Even today in places where people still do blood covenants for satanic rituals. Number one is, sometimes what they will do is that they will cut their hands, their hands. They will cut a line on their hands. If you've seen Living in Bondage, you possibly saw that as well. And some other, the many movies where blood covenants are depicted. And so they will cut their palms. And what you do after cutting your palms, or what after they cut their palms, is that they will shake hands with those bleeding palms such that the blood of one person is transfused into the other person's hands and the blood of the other person is transferred into the hands of the first party so a and b are commingled as they hold their hands together the, the transfer of blood it's a pact it's an agreement that we are here together and in those cases guess what happens in those cases the scars that are left from the cut somebody shout blood covenant uh, shout now. I need to know that you're still here. Shout, blood covenant. Yeah, the scars are a reminder that we are in this together. Not only are we in this together, for as long as there is blood in my vein and there is blood in your vein, this agreement is binding. This covenant has to be honored. That is what they do in the world. Not only do they actually do that, one of the other things that they also do is that they can uh, put drops of blood, so they pierce themselves and the put drops of blood inside wine. So party A and party B will bleed into a cup of wine. Some of you might have seen this before. Let me know if you've seen this before. And they will mix the blood together in the wine and they will sip it. In other words, I've drank your blood, you've drank my blood, you must not shed my blood. Are you seeing this? The third thing that people also do in blood covenants is animals. That they can bring an animal and sacrifice the animal. Or in some cases, actually human beings. Things that they consider precious. Things that they consider to be of high value. And what they will do in that case is that they will kill something precious and say, I've killed this for you. You must be willing to kill other precious things for me. Now, in many cases, these things, or in, in, in those cases... These things are a perversion of God's intention for the world. The issue of blood is God's idea. Don't forget, how do I know? The word of God says that the Lamb of God was slain from before the foundations of the earth. That's why it's a superior blood and a superior sacrifice that we have watch this. It does not matter what ritual has been gone into with your name in it. It does not matter what blood, covenants, agreements, tokens, contracts, attestaments that people took on your behalf before they shed any blood in your village or your village. Jesus already shed his blood for your sick from before the foundations of the world. So I proclaim for you no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rise up against you in judgment you can. you refute you confuse in the name of jesus christ can i hear your resounding amen the blood of jesus was shed from before the foundations of the earth the fact leviticus teaches us this he said the life of an animal is in its blood the life of an animal is in its blood so when it says the lamb of god was slain from before the foundations of the earth guess what Jesus Christ already gave up his life for you from before the first of the year. So the question now has to be, why do we find blood covenants in the Bible? Why do we find the law of Moses? Why do we find the times of Moses, God saying, kill this animal and kill this hyphen, kill this lamb and slaughter the stutter doves and all of that? Here was the plan. The Bible makes a a claim. We read it earlier in the book of Hebrews chapter 9, where he begins to say to us that without, verse 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. In other words, sins are not taken care of. Their impact is not reversed. Uh, The impact of sin cannot be taken out of the way without the shedding of blood. Now, in a perverted sense, don't forget this, in a perverted sense, like in the mafia, when someone has done something wrong, usually the Capon or the Don will come and say, you know what, that person has to die. Because in their minds, in their perverted minds, the way you deal with the potential of that kind of sin, the way you stop it from seeping into the whole system and causing disloyalty, is by shedding the blood of the person that's committed it. Are we getting this right now? It's a perverted principle of God. So when God looked at man and man had fallen, When man had fallen from grace, man had fallen from sin, what did we see God do? God said, okay, you know what? You are guilty as charged. You have gone against my way. You have gone against my plans. Now the shedding of blood is required for the remission of sin. It is no accident. Watch this. It is no accident that the first time we see sacrifices being made, Cain and Abel, don't forget that Cain, the Bible tells us, was a tiller of the crop of the ground. But Abel was what? A of, of cattle, a of, 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 of keeper of sheep, of animals. And the sacrifices of Abel were accepted. The sacrifices of Cain were not accepted. Now, there are people who argue that, well, all he had was a uh, you know, uh, uh, crop, so he didn't have any bloody thing. Well, the truth of the matter is, he could have exchanged crop for an animal. He could have exchanged the crop for the animals. But the Bible makes it very clear that God even still said to Cain, 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 you know, sin lies at your door, but if you do well, you'll be accepted. In other words, you need to bring a better sacrifice. That this sacrifice that you have brought is not accepted by me. That's the first time we see it. And I believe that it's instructive, regardless of your theological persuasion, that God was trying to establish something in the pattern of redemption, that redemption requires the remission of sins, which requires the shedding of blood. Somebody say, Blood. Uh, shout aloud and say, Blood. <laughs> shout aloud and say, Blood. We're going to go deeper. We're going to go deeper. And so what we see is that God says when you are going to make atonement what does atonement mean at meant. at one man that's atonement realignment if you're going to be at one with me if you're going to be one with me aligned with me in sync with me then you cannot come with guilt You cannot come with guilty conscience. We cannot flow together. I am not a guilty God. Therefore, you cannot relate with me on the premise of guilt. You can only relate with me on the premise of innocence. Because I'm innocent God. I've never come into the scene. I have no wrongdoing. So if we're going to fellowship, a guilty person will struggle to have fellowship with God. Because God is not a guilty God. So he says what you do is bring a sacrifice. Bring an animal. That animal is innocent. That animal is not guilty. That animal has not committed any sin. But that animal, by substitution, will take the place of the judgments that you deserve. And by killing that animal, the death of that animal literally takes care of the punishment that you should have taken. I hope someone is getting this right now. That when you shed the blood of that animal, there is propitiation. I'll explain that shortly. That there is propitiation. What does it mean? The righteous demands of God's standards are met. Propitiation means that the righteous requirement of God to punish evil because it's a just God. To take care of sin because it's a just God. To address uh, the failure, the moral failure and the spiritual decadence because of a just God. That is satisfied. So the shedding of blood, man word, is what we call redemption or provides what we call redemption. The shedding of blood, Godward, is provides propitiation. So the death of Jesus Christ did not just provide something for man. It provided something for God. Oh Lord, help me now. (laughs) For man, it provided redemption. And for God, it provided propitiation. Let me give an example. Have you ever had an issue before? Maybe like somebody stole your phone. Somebody stole your phone and you were angry. You were legitimately angry. Why were you angry? Because there's a part of you that is seeking justice. There's a part of you that does not want to be robbed. There's a part of you that hates being despised, being dishonored, being exploited. Now, don't forget that God is of the highest moral character ever. So if you, with moral failures and moral challenges, can feel the need for justice, can you now imagine how much God wants justice? And so the demand that God has for justice is met by the shedding of innocent blood. So we now see the order where God speaks to Moses that whenever people need to, uh, whenever you need to make propitiation, rather, whenever you need to make reconciliation or uh, offer your priestly role for people, one of the things that must happen is that there must be shedding of blood. So he gave requirements of animals, uh, especially a lamb. A lamb, have you seen a lamb before? Not, Not the sheep, (laughs) the lamb the lamb is innocent the lamb is harmless the lamb is gentle the lamb hasn't done wrong just hippity hop hippity hop just goes around it says bring a lamb it has to be a male lamb it has to be a spotless lamb it has to be an innocent lamb and when you shed the blood of that lamb the innocence of that lamb is transferred onto the people That's what you call substitution. The lamb literally takes the place. I'm taking time to explain this because I really want you to get it. Do you get it? Right? It literally takes the place. This is exactly what Jesus did. This is why John calls him the lamb of God. Every other lamb could only offer temporary relief. Why? Because they were not eternal in nature. The lambs were time-bound. They were not eternal in nature. Therefore, they could only offer time-bound innocence. But Jesus Christ, the Bible says he forever lives to make intercession for us. He's eternal in essence. He's flawless in character. He's excellent in competence. He's enduring in value. (laughs) He's overwhelming in love. Ah! He does not expire. And so his innocence over our lives is perpetual. It's unending. It's enduring. Somebody shall Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Shall thank you, Lord, for the land. Thank you for the land. And that's why we have the old covenant. But the of the old covenant, we'll look at this later when we we'll look at the power of redemption. But the of the old covenant is sitting in the fact that these animals were time-bound, these animals couldn't offer permanent propitiation, but God wanted man to enjoy permanent propitiation. So don't forget, let's go real quick to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 9 that we read earlier. You know what it said? It said... Verse 1, then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of, of divine service and the earthly sanctuary. Then it describes all of those things. And verse 11 says, but Christ came as a high priest. So it's saying the old covenant, there was the old tabernacle, which was the place of worship. There were altars, which was the premise for the sacrifice. There were sacrifices. And there was a high priest. Who is the high priest? The high priest is that man who would go in once a year. Uh, on behalf of everybody. But he had to keep going every year. And it would take the blood and offer up sacrifice on behalf of the people so the people would be covered for a year. How many of you are excited that the license for your salvation does not have to be renewed every year? Hey! That your salvation is not like Microsoft Word or Adobe Suits. Come on. That it's not like an accounting software or some kind of design technology. That you need to keep renewing the license and putting in the key every year. That your salvation does not require top-up. Your salvation is not airtime or credit that can fail. It is enduring and faithless. Come on, somebody. As you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You keep walking in greater light, but your salvation does not expire. Somebody give God praise and glory where you are. Can you clap those hands? Can you glorify God? Can you put an emoji in the comment box? Can you say thank God for the blood? Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. It makes me white as snow. So the lambs of those days They gave their innocence, or the the innocence was transferred to the people of God. But Hebrews 9 says that Jesus Christ came as a high priest. This is so interesting, because in the Old Testament, there was a tabernacle, there was the high priest, and there was a sacrifice. In the New Testament, guess who? The high priest is Jesus Christ. Guess who the sacrifices? Jesus Christ. Guess who the tabernacle is? Jesus is the house of God, He's the foundation. We are being built into Him, we are fused. We are entrenched, we are enmeshed, we are intertwined. His blood has not only covered our sins, that was what the bulls and the rams, the blood of bulls and rams could do. His blood does not cover our sins, his blood washes away our sins. It takes, the, you know, John said Behold the Lamb of God. He didn't say Who covers the sin of the world? My sins are not covered. In the book of Psalms, I believe verse chapter 30 David said, Blessed is the man whose sin is covered. Whom the Lord causes to draw unto himself. But see, in the New Testament, my sins are not covered. Because if my sins are covered, they can be discovered. Hey! Whatever you can cover you can discover. But my sins are not covered. My sins are taken away. My sins are I cast away. My sins. are washed away. My seeds are forgotten. by I got taken away completely. Blotted out. That's what the word says. Blotted out. It says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a hiver sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Cleanse your conscience from dead works to self-living God. What is he talking about here? He's saying that right now, your conscience does not need to be boxed down with the need to impress God. With the need to try to live up to God's standards. Christ became the fulfillment of the law. Christ is God's standard already met. Are we seeing this right now. My sins are not covered so they cannot be discovered. Christ is revealed in me so he can be revealed through me. And the bulls and the goats that died in those days, guess what? (laughs) They did not even die of their own accord. The superiority of the sacrifice of Christ is not just that his blood is pure and stainless, but the fact that he laid down his life. He said that nobody takes my life away from me. I lay it down. Down, and that that blood does not only purge my sins it actually cleanses my conscience my conscience rather my conscience is the part of me that makes me conscious of good and evil bad and right you see that now so God when the blood was shed and we'll look at some of the, the things about the blood right now when the blood was shed he did not only blot away my sins and forgive my sins he washed. My conscience, it cleansed my conscience. Somebody give God praise right now. I wish I could go into covenants and all of that, possibly talk about that. I think let, let me just cite one covenant an example of covenant in the Old Testament. John, Jonathan, and David. Many of us know the story of Jonathan and David. Jonathan was the son of Saul, King Saul. That the people appointed, the people actually looked out for to be king over them, people of Israel. And God said, "I'm your king. Why do you want? Why do you give for a human king?" And they insisted. And God gave them what they wanted because sometimes when you insist on going your own way, God will let you have it. Only for you to come back at the end of it, say, "God, I should have obeyed you." <laughs> Receive increased grace for obedience in the name of Jesus Christ. And so we see this example of covenant in in a. 1 Samuel chapter 18, 1 to 4. Jonathan actually goes into covenant with David. 1 Samuel 18, 1 to 4. It says, now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. Soul tie, a soul knit. So the first experience of soul ties, is the Bible is not even between a man and a woman because soul ties are not always perverted or perversion, right? They're not always from like the works of the flesh. You can have a healthy, Bible-based, Christ-centered soul tie. Now you don't have that with everybody. You're possibly gonna have it with one or two people, or maybe three people in the entire course of your life. You're supposed to have it just with your wife or your husband, if you're a male or female, wife or husband, and then with somebody, maybe one or two other people that God has called to an assignment with. But this is the only time we say it expressly written in the Bible. The only thing that is close to this in some way is when the Bible, uh, when John describes himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved, that he would often place his head on the bosom of Jesus Christ. And so we can conclude that there was some kind of soul-deep affection going on there. Don't forget, this is not canal stuff. This is not perverted stuff. This is hell this whole time. So it says, The soul of Jonathan was near to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved David uh, as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore, as in took David. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant. In the Hebrew, the word made there is cut. They made a covenant, the cut a covenant, because he loved him as his own soul. Now, we're not told that there was any shedding of blood, just to be clear. But they established a covenant. And see three things that happened, or certain things that happened. And Jonathan took off, watch this, he took off the robe that was on him yeah 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 what robe was on him back then princes had royal robes they had priestly robes they had special garments hallelujah so jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to david not only did he do that he put on the armor he took off his armor and gave david his armor he took the sword gave him the sword and his bow and his belt this is a shadow and a picture, a type. Watch this, a type of a shadow. In other words, it's not a perfect illustration, but it's a sketchy outline of the covenant that we have in Christ. The covenant that God made with Christ of which we are beneficiaries. I'll explain that. The same way Jonathan took off his own robe and gave it to David, Jesus became naked on the cross so that we could become clothed in life. The same way Jonathan took up his own robe, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was made sin. Who do you know, sin, that we might become the rights of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus took up the robe of his righteousness and he gave it to us. The same way somebody getting excited, I feel so excited in the spirit that Jesus took his own righteousness. I'm not walking by my own righteousness. I'm not walking based on my own goodwill, my own good works, my own resolution. I'm enjoying the gift of his benevolent righteousness. The gift of his stainless, pure, perfect, above the final character. I'm enjoying the beauty of his own clothing. The same way Jonathan took his armor and gave it to David. Jesus Christ gave me the armor of God. Do you remember what it says in Ephesians 6, verse 10? Oh, Philemon put on the whole armor of God. What is, what, what's the armor of God? It like the helmet of salvation. Who is the helmet of salvation? Jesus Christ. How do I know? Jesus Christ is the Lord shall save his people. It is the New Testament word for Joshua, which means salvation. So the helmet of salvation is Jesus Christ. What other part of the armor? I've got the breastplate of righteousness. Who is that? That's Jesus Christ, my righteousness. What other part of the armor i have got the belt of truth? Who is the truth? He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. That's Jesus Christ. What else? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Jesus gave me his own sword. Jesus gave me his armor. Jonathan gave his armor to David. Jesus has given me his armor. Jesus Christ has given me his weapons of protection. So he gave me royal garments, righteousness, gave me the armor which is a sign of his defense and protection and then it says that Jonathan also gave his sword. The princes and the kings had special swords. In other words, I have access to special revelation. I have access to the wielding, dynamic, influential ayako instruments of divine judgment. I'm able to judge circumstances and situations. I can discern what the word of God for the word of God is leaving an actor sharper than any double-edged sword and piercer to the asunder between soul and spirit, born and marrow. And as a discerner and the thoughts and the intent of the heart, Jacob Aswala somebody give God praise right now. Put a fire in Im- Put a heart emoji in the comment box and let God know that you are grateful. That you are grateful for the sword. You are grateful for the blood. You are grateful for the covenant that God has with Christ. By his blood, somebody give God praise. I need to hear you shouting. I need to hear you hollering. I need can you take out a few moments? Moko boyada Somebody give God praise right now. Adore his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name, Bless his name. for the covenant. Oh yeah, mama, mama sakata. he gave me all of that but do you know the other thing that Jonathan gave David the other thing that Jonathan gave David, he gave him his belt I've spoken about the belt of righteousness but this is not just about the belt this is also about offspring in other words, Jonathan was saying I will not be guarded around you but I will give you my protection my, my symbol of protection So you can have the protection that I am entitled to. The robe of Jonathan means that wherever, wherever, Payako, so wherever David was, he could wear the robe of Jonathan, and everybody in the kingdom will treat David the way they will treat Jonathan. That is the power of the covenant. That's why we come by the blood by a new and living way that when we pray in the name of Jesus we're putting on the robe of righteousness and Jesus Christ will treat us the way he treats Jesus hey, yeah or rather God will treat us the way he treats Jesus God accepts us the way he accepts Jesus God takes us in the way he takes oh yeah the way that's why we are seated. With Christ, we're in heavenly places. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And so we see the shedding of blood. We see that the blood has to be shed for all of this to be our reality. The blood is the token of God's covenant. The blood is the proof of God's covenant. We're still going to go deeper in all of this, but let me just give you three quick points as I wind this to an end. The first powerful thing that I wanted to never forget about the blood is that the blood of Jesus Christ is the proof of God's eternal commitment to our redemption and the fulfillment of his plans and purposes for our lives. It is the proof of God's eternal commitment to our redemption and the manifestation of his plans and purposes for our lives. In Matthew 26 verse 20, the Bible says that Jesus said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. This is the blood of the New Testament. He's saying this is the sign of the new covenant that is written in my blood. My blood is the proof of a new covenant. My blood is the proof. Of a new system. My blood is the proof that God is committed to his redemptive plan, which he first revealed in the Old Testament, manifested in shadows and types through the reign of the law and the prophets, announced uh, the fulfillment of through the prophets, and then manifested in the manifestation of his own Son in, in the flesh. Now, when we place faith, in the Son of God, when we place faith in the redemptive plan manifested through the shedding of his blood, we're saying, God, you are true, God, you are righteous, God, you are faithful. Hebrews 10:11 to 14. And every priest stands ministering daily and offer repeatedly the same sacrifice, says, Which can never take away sins, it can never take away sins. He says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice. For forever. Sorry about that. Sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. I know I said I was going to give you three points, but I'm just going to end on this first point. But let me take let me take it uh, a little further, and then we'll continue next week. <laughs> I want to give the time, even online. We'll continue next week. And that's what it says, that the sacrifices, the priests back then, every they would be coming daily, and then once, once a year, the high priest, but the priest would come daily, and all of that. He said, but this man, Jesus Christ, this pure and perfect Lamb of God, the sinless, ah, yeah, 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 the sinless man, he said that he has offered up his own blood as a permanent sacrifice for us forever. It is the seal of redemption. Hebrews chapter 9, 11 to 15, we read that already. This is a sign that God means business. The blood of Jesus was shed, was shed for us. The blood of Jesus was shed for us. And the power in that blood is superior to the power in every altar, in every system, in every environment. No matter what it is that you've been told, no matter what it is that you feel, I want to know that the power of the blood has come for your redemption. I'm going to pick it up from here next week. But it says that you have sold yourself for nothing, Isaiah 52 verse 3. It says you have sold yourselves for nothing and you shall be redeemed without money. Why? Because you're going to be redeemed with blood, 1 Peter 1, 18-19, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of the lamb without blemish and without spot. First Peter 1, 18-19 in the few moments I have left, I just wanted to have an increased appreciation for the power of the blood of Jesus. I wanted to know this, that people can give you money, people can give you silver and gold, but there is nobody that that will drain the entirety of their own blood and give it to you. Do you know that Jesus, he offered up his blood for you and he took it into the temple in heaven. This is the reason you can come boldly. says that we have a high priest who has entered who has passed through the heavens and because that high priest is blameless and because that high, high priest is pure and because that high priest is without guilt and without condemnation and you are in him because of faith in his blood wherein you are saved according to Ephesians 1 7 and Colossians 1 14 because of that You can also come boldly before the throne of God. Never again should you be scared of approaching God even after you fail and fall and miss it. Never again should you feel assaulted or tormented when the storms of life are blowing and blasting here there, and everywhere. Never again should you feel intimidated and subdued by hell and the operations because the power of the blood speaks for you. Type in the comment box, the blood is speaking for me. Type in the comment box, the blood is speaking for me. It speaks redemption. It speaks forgiveness. It speaks my healing. It speaks my peace with God. It speaks justification. It speaks atonement. It speaks oneness. The blood of Jesus speaks. Wherever you are right now, can you just thank God for the blood? Can you thank God for the covenant? a better covenant, a better sacrifice, a better blood. I wanted to pray with every fiber in your being. I wanted to pray from the depths of your heart and the heat and the intensity that you feel right now. I wanted to let it out and say thank you Lord for the blood. Thank you Lord for the blood. Thank you Lord for the blood. Glory to your name. Glory to the Lamb. We adore you Jehovah you're worthy of praise you're glorious thank you Lord thank you Lord we who were not a people we are now drawn closer the blood has made a way for us and we are grateful for that way like Jonathan gave us robes to David you have given us your robe of righteousness we accept it with thanksgiving you have given us the armor wearing our heads are protected, our feet are protected are covered. We are not left without our protection. Thank you, Father. By the way, do you notice that the armor, in the armor of God is in Ephesians 6, that there is no space for your back, and there are two major reasons. Number one, in the kingdom, there is no place for turning back. And number two, God is trying to tell you, I've got your back. That if you're in the kingdom and you lay your hands on the plow, it says you shouldn't look back. But even when you fail like Peter and you look back, God is still saying, I've got your back. You know why? When Peter turned his back on God and he walked away, who did he run into? God. Wow, so Whilst he went fishing in John of the 21, what does the word tell us that Jesus appears to him? <laughs> he shows up on the shore, and I don't know who it is right now who has drifted from the pathway of righteousness. I don't know who it is who has walked into sin. I don't know who it is who's in a backslidden state. I don't know who it is who's feeling stripped, forlorn, forsaken, forgotten, and you feel, God, he can never accept me. This is your moment for reconciliation. This is the moment for redemption. And this is why you should tell your friends to watch this. This is why you should get your neighbors to join in. This is why you should get your, your flatmate to watch this. This is someone's moment of redemption. We cannot just keep the gospel to ourselves and the good word to ourselves. This is the time for you to receive the gift of salvation. God wants to clothe you with new robes today. That robe of shame that is connected to sin, that rib of guilt that is connected to sin, your own filthy rags, your own righteousness, the worst of it, like filthy rags, another more descriptive one, the, the Hebrew picture says, like cleaning garments, another one says like sanitary pads, sorry if you find it offensive, but that's how God finds our own righteousness offensive, so that made a way, and in this moment I want to give somebody an opportunity to say, God. I I return. I respond to this call. I respond to this call. I respond to this call. I respond to the call of salvation. I respond to the call of salvation. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just pray with you. Come on, someone. Let's pray this together. Everyone saved and unsaved. Let's pray this together. Say, oh, God, I thank you for this great opportunity to be reconciled to you. I thank you. Because you're not imputing my sin upon me. You're not holding my sin against me. But you are in Christ. Reconciling me to yourself. Today I respond to the call of salvation. I receive your gift of redemption. Thank you because my name are now written the book of life. Thank you because my sins are forgiven. My sins are not covered but they are taken away so I can walk before you blameless and perfect by the tutelage and the guidance of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for a new beginning. In Jesus' name we are praying. Somebody shout amen where you are. Shout aloud and give God praise. If you just said I pray, I'm super excited for you. Who want to be a part of your journey. We want to put some material in your hands. We want to plug you into Master Life. Don't forget, Master Life starts this week. We want to plug you into that system where we can furnish you with resources uh, for your spiritual growth, for your development for your empowerment and education and edification in your walk with God. If you know somebody needs to say that prayer, send this link to them. We're going to cut a part of this video as a clip so you can share it and share it and share it. People need to receive the message of salvation. Glory to God. Have you been blessed today? Can you type something in the comment box just to let me know that you've been blessed, that you received light? What did you receive today? Tell me what you received today. Was it encouragement? Was it clarity? Was it precision? Was it strength? Was it Was a bonus, was a reassurance, was a revelation, was an expose? What was it that you received today? Post in the comment box and very quickly, we're going to honor the Lord with our giving. Notice my choice of words honor the Lord, honor the Lord, esteem Him. We're going to just give to Him, we're going to just uh, raise uh, our, our resources, release our resources to Him. I know that it's a tough time for many people. Many people have been financially challenged, but the Lord has given us a word that in this season, we will enjoy favor in farming. We are not the ones that will beg and borrow. We are the ones that will create and give. We are the ones that will innovate. We are the ones that people will resource with opportunities, with material resources, resource with money. We are the ones that will be dispensers, distributors of divine treasures, spiritual and also material. Do you agree with that? Somebody say, I'm I'm the one. I'm the one that will give them the season. I will give to nations, I will, I will give to environments, I will give to communities. Some of us have been given. If you've been given, don't get weary while doing but also give to the Lord. If you're doing the percentage you give, you give 10% or 20% or 30% whatever percentage you give, don't forget that give to the Lord. I believe we are the precipice of one of the greatest sins for us as kings and as the body of Christ. We must be sensitive. We must be astute. We must stay in tune. Let another Lord with a given right now. The given instructions are on the screen. I'll also give you what they are in the Naira denomination if you're given that denomination it is 0255 163388 that's 0255 163388. you can also give in usd you can give in euros you can give in different currencies and if you need those uh the currencies please send a message to or the specific account send a message to the account to the phone number On the screen. Also, if you're financially challenged, you need resources, you need support at this critical time, send a message either to your team rep or your Kings Connect Center ambassador or to the phone number on the screen. We want to be there for you. Glory to God. Can we give to the Lord? If you're doing a bank transfer, do it right now. Make sure it goes through. If you're doing an online transfer, do it as soon as you can. Just do it right now. Father, we thank you. What a privilege and an honor to be blessed with material things which are inferior compared to the spiritual things. You who have given us salvation, you've also given us material things to enjoy. And out of that which you have given to us today, We honor you, not because you need money, not because you are desperate for cash, but because you are the source of all things. And we acknowledge that. So we give today joyfully. We give today with excitement in our hearts. We are grateful for your provision. Thank you for every giver. Every giver is blessed. Everyone who's given a percentage is multiplied. Everyone who's a part of this, including those who are like God, I wish I could do more. You hear their heart cry and you resource them beyond their wildest expectations. We receive this love with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We're going to dance out, sing out, uh, dance out as we go. But this is one of the things I wanted to do right now. I want you to join... The next stream of Master Life. Master Life is a special spiritual growth plan that we have in Kings that exposes you to a smaller community where you can ask questions, interact. You're going to be on WhatsApp five days a week with someone who's getting and teaching you to, be able to ask questions. This is a time for your spiritual growth. Don't squander the season. The details are on the screen. Or you can check out information via our WhatsApp groups and our online platforms. We'll finish with all those details. Now, expect great things. Walk in the consciousness of the power of the blood of Jesus We're in an exciting season This is a remarkable period Great things are happening for you this week Say with me, great things are happening for me this week Shout I love the power of the blood I walk protected by the power of the blood I'm secure by the power of the blood I grow in the power of the blood Invite your friends to our online experience next week Share, share, share online God bless you See you again very soon Love you all, it is well with you